This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I go in Erev Shabbos. hope everyone is well. I'd like to wish a mazel tov to Yehuda Roberts on his Hanukkah's tefillin this week. To his parents, Mr. and Mrs. David Roberts, his grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Shmuel Prager. A bracha to him that he may he put on the tefillin the way he puts it on now, this first couple days when the mitzvah is new, may he be zeichet to put it on his whole life with the same excitement, with that same freshness that he puts on the tefillah in the early years of his life, he should be zeichet to wear his tefillah like that for the rest of his life. Last week we spoke at length about the situation in Eretz Yisrael and how it relates to the parasha. And this week very much there are numerous references and messages and lessons how we can connect to what's going on in Eretz Yisrael to the parasha. I won't be as, late, as lengthy as last week, but I do want to point out something very important in this week's parsha. Obviously, the main, the main character, the most important person in this week's parsha, as the name implies, is Nayach. Nayach is one of the most complicated people in Tanakh to try to understand what he was all about. Obviously, in the beginning, he's called the Tzadik, and that can never be taken away from him. Nayach is Tzadik, the Torah says about him, he's a Tzadik. And then throughout the parsha, we have different memory chazal giving us different feelings, so to say, of how to look at Noyach. We have the end of the parsha where he has that famous story where he gets drunk. And then we have Rashi in the beginning of the parsha where Rashi tells us some people darshan that lignai on the derogatory of Noyach. That if Noyach would have lived in Avram Avinu's generation, it wouldn't have been anyone. It would have been a nobody. So a very, very difficult person for us to understand and I think the, the accepted approach by most Mufarishim to understand Noyach is, of course, Noyach was a tzaddik, an unbelievable tzaddik, a righteous person and a very, very special person. If there was a flaw that we're going to comment about Noyach and if there was a chesarin in him, it was the ability to reach out to others. It was the ability to make a difference in other people's lives, to be a mashpia, to influence others, to make a difference in other people's lives. Of course, he lived a very righteous and a very tzitzik life, but perhaps he didn't do as much for the people like Avram Avinu did. He wasn't out there. He wasn't doing Kirov. He wasn't hitting the pavement. He wasn't talking to people. He wasn't being Mekar of people. Again, Chas Shalom, you're not judging or labeling Nayak. But if this seems from Chazal to have been the Taina on him. <clears throat> if that is the case, perhaps we can understand the entire story of this week's parasha a little better. We know in this week's parasha that Nayak is given the task <clears throat> of taking care of everyone in the Teva. His job is to take care of everyone and all the animals. And this was a very, very difficult job. And not an easy job and not a simple job. And Noyuch was given this task of almost 24-7 on the clock, taking care of all these animals. Another famous medrash, he wasn't quick enough to give the lion, he got attacked. Why did Noyuch have to work so hard in the teva? Why couldn't the teva have just been a safety boat? Why couldn't it have just been Lahavda like a Titanic that's supposed to be able to weather all types of weather and all storm, and no matter how bad the water is. Wasn't that the purpose of the Teva? The purpose of the Teva was merely just to protect Nayach from, its, from his surroundings. So why do you have to work so hard? Why couldn't the Teva just be, Nayach moves into the Teva, takes his farm with him, brings his children with him, and he continues learning in the Teva like he did outside the Teva in his regular home. Why the need to be so mitapel, to be so busy, to be so involved with the animals? Hashem could have just made it a self-sufficient system. Hashem could have made it the animals were fed, benes, 
the animals could have had some form of, you know, uh, ability to fend for themselves. Why did he have to be so mitapel, so busy with his animals in such a non-stop attitude? Ibzayd Lepstein explains that because at this time the world had a breakdown of Ben Adam L'chaveu, there's a completely breakdown in society where people were not thinking of each other, people were not giving for each other, and people were all about themselves. And in order to fix the world, the way the world was going to be fixed was by an outpouring of chesed for each other, thinking of others, doing for others. Nayak was almost single-handedly trying to fix the world by being someone and doing an act of selflessness and doing for others. And therefore that's why Nayak's job during this time of the Mabel was to be extra busy with trying to rebuild the way the world is supposed to look. A world of doing for others, a world where we're there for others and we're not only focused on ourselves. And I think it's not just the world, but Nayak himself perhaps had to master this art. Because till now we pointed out Nayak was a little bit more focused only on his own growth and his own avoidance Hashem. He wasn't really doing and working for the people. He was just really focusing on his own, his own growth. And now Hashem says, no, now you have to do for others. Now you have to be involved in others. Now you have to be able to be there for others. And perhaps that's what Chazal mean. The Pasuk tells us that Hashem remembered Noyach and, and that was how they survived. So what does it mean Hashem remembered Noyach? So many Mepharshim learn Hashem remembered the merit that Noyach took care of all of these animals. In the Midbar, that was Noyach's claim to fame. Ayizkar, Hashem remembered, what did he remember? Hashem remembered the compassion that Nayak showed to the animals, and that's why the water started to recede and life got back to normal. It shows us that what brought the end of the Mabal, what really was the saving grace for Nayak, was the fact that he was taking care of other people. The fact that he had to go out of his, his natural world of only worrying about himself and worrying about others, that is what brought about his Yeshua. That is what brought about his salvation. The fact that he had to take care and be busy, so to say, worrying about others. I think this is so apropos to the world we find ourselves in right now. We are living in a world that we've never seen. We, at least our generation, have never seen what is going on right now. The, the amount of loss of life in one day, and it just the numbers keep piling up and the stories keep coming in. We've never seen anything like this before. But what we are also seeing is an unbelievable abundance of chesed. We are seeing Jews that are rolling up their sleeves and doing for others that would have never happened if not for this. We are seeing Jews that are crossing all lines of hashkafa and political parties and they're just doing for another Jew because they're a Jew. And that is it. And this would have never happened three weeks ago. You would have never found this type of outpouring of chesed this outpouring of giving. It is beautiful and amazing to watch. And the videos just keep trickling in of different people and every story that someone sends me, I'm always amazed. A friend of mine sent me a story about a non-religious person who so desperately wanted to cook for the soldiers. But he was so not religious. He never spoke to a rabbi in his life. But he had to speak to a rabbi to find out how to kosher his kitchen so he'd be able to serve kosher food to the soldiers on the front line. Can you imagine what that means? This guy went so out of his comfort zone. He is not religious, secular, never spoke to a rabbi in his life. But he knows that there are religious soldiers that can't eat unless he kashes it. This is exactly what Hashem is asking of us. Be thoughtful of someone else. Go out of your comfort zone. Go out of your own little world. This is what brings salvation. This is what brings geula. And perhaps Hashem shook our world up a little bit. He shook our lives up to remind us of this. 
that we need to be thoughtful. We need to say, let's cross over to other people's world. Let's not only think about ourselves, let's not only think about our group, those who look and dress like us, the videos, the outpouring that we see is amazing. How Yidin from all walks of life, all backgrounds, Chesidish, Svardim, Litvish, I've never seen unity like this. This is more than any time before, as far as I remember in Eretz Yisrael, the amount of unity that is coming out from all across Klai Yisrael. All types of Yidin. You see Chesidim and Litvin and Svardim. It's beautiful. It is unbelievable. Now we can be proudly, we can say, Mika Amcha Yisrael, who is like the Jewish people. No other nation in the world will do something like we are doing. People are giving up their time, their money. They're putting their life in danger to be a soldier to protect Kalah And the stories are beautiful. You all know them. You've all heard of them. You've seen them. But perhaps Hashem had to shake us up a little bit. Because we had to get back to what's real. We had to get back to what's important. And that we have to realize that the world runs when we care for each other. And that's our greatest chus. The greatest chus right now is that we can continue this unbelievable giving of one to each other without asking about backgrounds and how from and do you keep my chumrah and your chumrah? None of, none of this matters anymore. We've learned that none of this matters. It didn't matter to Hamas and it didn't matter to Hitler and it didn't matter to any of our enemies. So it has to stop mattering to us. If our enemies don't care, why should we care? We need to realize that this is what's going to bring the Yeshua. What's going to be the ultimate Yeshua for Christ? What's going to bring Hakadosh Baruch Hu to realize we're ready for the Geula? We need the Geula. We're prepared for the Geula. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu sees how much we're doing for each other. Yidden across the world are, are are coming to each other's help to be there for each other, to support each other, to be mechazik each other. No one's looking at where you're from. You're a Jew. You're a Jew. We're here to help. And this is the lesson of this week's parsha. Nayach needed to learn that. Nayach needed to be put in the teva and work hard for someone else, even though they were animals. But he needed to learn how to give. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a big, a little bit of a, a, a patch, a mabal. He gave us a mabal. He said, guys, you got to learn that it's not about your group and your family and your Dalai you got to be there for each other. Mishashem, we heard the message. We took, we took the message. And we daven and we hope that those that are still in Sakana should be saved. Just news is trickling in now. They just released two hostages, American hostages. Hopefully, this should be the beginning of many, many more hostages to be released. But we got to keep the message going. We got to keep the message that we don't see any division in your children. We're all one family. We're all the same. We're all here for each other. We want to do for each other. We want to be there for each other. Mr. Shem will take this message and we'll continue with this. And I know that this could be Mr. Hashem, this could be our greatest thing to prove to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we're ready for the Gula. Mr. Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should end the Tsars for Klai Yisrael. We should be able to proudly greet Mashiach as one nation, unified, as Klai Yisrael, as Bonim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mr. Hashem, we should be zaychen our days to see the arrival of Mashiach. Ben Heir Have a wonderful Shabbos.